Psalm number 126. A song of degrees. A song of ascending. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord had done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. So we might look at this and look and the first thought would be the returning out of captivity from Babylon. But you know, that that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to you. So how could we look at this? If it does, if it does relate, and I'm not saying that it doesn't relate to the captivity and coming out of Babylon, but you know, in our lives, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, from the captivity of, of Zion out of Babylon, it was God who raised up Osiris, who gave that opportunity for them to come out. And He even said, who who would be willing to go down? Who would be willing to go down to Jerusalem? And you know, today... I believe that we, and you you might say, well, Zion, that means the church. I say this, I believe it means more than that, and in a lot of places it means different things. It might be the dwelling place uh, uh, of the temple. It might have been the high hills in Jerusalem. But I believe you could say this every time, it's the dwelling place of Yahweh, the God of Israel. So the dwelling place of the God of Israel today is in the heart of individuals. So can our heart, can Zion be in captivity today? I believe that it can. I I believe that we can find ourselves in captivity. When the Lord turned again, who, who brings about the turning? Who brings about the opportunity? Who brings about the stirring that a man... I mean, if God raised up Osiris and prophesied of it 176 years and even gave a name that He was going to bring His people out of Babylon, can God not stir in our hearts and bring us out of captivity? You you might think, well, there's no captivity here. I, I believe there is. I believe there's captivity just continually. And you know, you can deny it. But, you know, I believe the greatest captivity and maybe the greatest cause is sin in our lives. For Israel, what brought them into captivity? I believe you could say idolatry. Idolatry. Worshipping and serving and searching after and looking for satisfaction in that that was dead, in that that 
was empty and that, you know, as I listened to our brother teaching Sunday school, you know, wouldn't you say if you've listened to the message, then man is continually searching and seeking after that that leaves him empty over and over again. But you know, that's not the only thing. It's not some great sin, always some great sin that brings us into captivity. But I tell you, there can be a whole lot of things. There can be the things of this world that captivates our mind. You know, he said, I believe it's in the book of James, that no man can, or the Lord Jesus said that, and then James talked about it as well, that no man can serve two masters. But you know, we try to serve God and try to serve the world, but one of them is the master. And if it's not the Lord, it brings us into captivity. If I'm a double-minded man, if, my, if I'm torn between two, you know, that leads me to captivity. That brings me to a place where uh, you think about being in captivity. The freedom's gone. We're slaves. I, 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 our joy is gone. Our song is gone. They even hung their instrument up on the willows, right? When we remembered Zion, when they remembered how that God dwelt with them, can we remember a time that God dwelt with us in a greater manifestation that He does today? Are we in captivity today? Is there something in our lives today that's got us held captive, that's taken away our joy, taken away our song, taken away our instrument, taken away our freedom, taken and brought us into captivity, brought us into slavery? You know, you might, you might just try to brush it off, but you know, you, if the Lord's not there, we're aware of it. There's a guilt there. There's a helplessness. You know, I believe you could say this, when Israel was carried away captive to Babylon and they remembered Zion, they remembered the reason they were there. They remembered why they were there. They remembered the guilt that brought them there. They remembered the emptiness that they followed. They remembered the idolatry that brought them to that place of captivity. And here they were. They were in captivity for 70 years. No song, no joy, no singing. When they remembered Zion, you know what it brought? It brought about weeping. And I say, thank God for that. That may very well be the instrument that God brings in my life and your life to bring us to the place that we would desire and long to get out of captivity, long to be out of that. You know, when the, when the taskmasters was, was whipping on the people down in Egypt, they wanted out of there. But you know, when God said, I'm going to turn up the heat and I'm going to take away their straw, they blamed it all on Moses, didn't they? Didn't they blame it on Moses? If I'm in captivity, I can blame it on you. And you can blame it on me. But you know who it's going to boil down to? It's going to boil down to me as an individual. It's going to boil down to me if I'm in captivity. Oh, God, help me to realize this. The Lord can turn the cat, and, and the Lord's the one that does the work. Listen to what the Bible said. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. You know, I believe you could look at this a couple of different ways. 
you could look at this like this. Uh, I look at the dream that God is going to release me. I say this, thank God for the grace that God would release us. I should be in captivity. I should have to stay in captivity. I deserve to be in captivity. I deserve to stay there. But thank God that the Lord would think upon me and the Lord would stir in my heart and stir in your heart uh, that there would be a desire to come out of this place of no freedom, out of this place of, uh, of slavery, out of this place of guilt, out of this place where there's no freedom, out of this place where I don't have a song, out of a place where I have no joy. Thank God I deserve every bit of that, but thank God that He would allow us to come out. He can turn it. But you know, when I remember, it's like I was dreaming. I believe you can think, well, well, am I really going to get out? Thank God, yes, you can really get out. But I believe we can do this too. We can get out and forget that we were in captivity. We can get out and by the goodness and the grace and the mercy of God, we forget that we were in captivity. We forgot how that God brought us out. We forgot the 70 years of guilt, the 70 years of, of no freedom. We forgot about the time of no song. When God brings us out, we're exalted. And, and I don't mean that to be ugly, but I, I, I'm afraid sometimes we think that we're the reason that we're out. I tell you the reason we're out. If we're out, it's because of the turning of God. It's because God turned our captivity. You know, you could look at that in salvation. I was a captive to the devil, captive to myself, captive to the world, captive to the direction of this world. I was captive in every way that you can think about it, captive to sin. And God turned my captivity and it was like a dream. Can I really be set free from my sin? Can I really escape of the sin that I was in? Can I really I be changed? Can my heart be new? Can I be a new creature? Thank God, yes you can. He can turn it. He can change you. He says, when, I, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. When God recovered us. You know, I, I say this, folks. There's a multitude of things today that's grabbing for your heart continually. Whether it's your job, it's your wife, it's your family, uh, it, it, it may be the pleasures of this world. And you know, I, I was thinking, as I was thinking about this today, Mary. There was Mary and Martha. Jesus went down to their house. And you know what? Martha, there was the Lord Jesus Christ down at her house and Martha was in captivity. Martha was cumbered about. That uh, let, let me just read a little definition or two, out of, and, and that, that's in the tenth chapter of the book of Luke. And the Bible said, "But Martha, and she had a sister called Mary, thirty nine, ten thirty nine, and also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word." But Martha, ain't that something? Look, read it with me. Ten thirty nine in the book of Luke. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. But Martha, 
But Martha, Mary sitting at Jesus, is that the most important thing? Jesus said it was. It was the good thing. It was a thing that won't be taken away. But Martha was cumbered about. So the word, it means several different things that you could look at it. It means to be distressed. It means to be distracted. It means to be troubled. It means to draw away from. Or to be driven mentally. So here's Martha. Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet. I'll tell you something, folks. We can be distracted by the things that are around us and by the busyness of the world and by the things that are going around us and we can be so anxious and so worried and so distracted that we're brought into captivity by what's going on around us and we lose our song and lose our joy, lose our freedom. We forget where God brought us from. We forget the salvation that God has brought us into. We forget that we're children of God. I'll tell you, thank God the Lord can bring us out of that place of captivity and friend of anxiety and of worry and of being driven mentally and friend of being distracted by the things of this world and by all of the business of this world and get us and let us sit down at the feet of the Lord to that that is really the most important. God will have to turn us. Martha says, Lord, Tell my sister to help me. Can't you see I'm doing all the serving? Let me just tell you this. If all the serving is keeping you from serving the Lord, you're serving the wrong one. If all of your serving and all of your busyness and, and whether that be uh, the job or the family or, or, or the pleasures of this world, and that brings me into captivity, God help me to realize uh, that I'm brought, that my song's gone, my joy's gone, uh, my remembrance of the presence of God down in Zion is gone. When I remember, uh, when I remember Zion, it makes me to weep. They was remembering the Spirit and the power of God. They was remembering the presence of the Lord. They was remembering going down to the temple. They was remembering going down there. Maybe they remembered, maybe they remembered when they went down there on the day that Solomon dedicated it and the glory filled the house and nobody could go in. We need the captivity of Zion. This Zion, the heart of man, the dwelling place of the God of Israel. Now, are you, are you an Israelite? Are you a Jew? Not naturally, but spiritually, I am. I'm a child of God. If you're saved, you're a child of God. And know this, the devil would like to bring you into captivity with all of the clutter and all that's going on and all the cumbering and all the distraction, all the anxiety, all of the worry. Uh, friend, when it, when it all revolves around me, I tell you what, uh, friend, when it doesn't go my way, you know what? The, the bottom drops out of my world. But I'll tell you, when it revolves around the Lord Jesus Christ, when it revolves around desiring His presence, when it revolves around being in the presence of the Lord and sitting and hearing His Word and to enjoy that, I'll tell you what I can do. I can come out of captivity. We don't have to dwell in captivity all the time. 
Then was our mouth, look at the change. Look at the change that there can be. Then was our mouth filled. And that word filled now, we're talking about an overflowing. I believe you can see it in the verse. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. They said among the heathen, what, what's going on? I tell you, there, where they didn't have a song, where they was remembering and weeping, I tell you, there's a change. What's happened? God has turned their captivity and they've got a song in their heart. They've got laughter on their heart. And there's a joy here. And by the Word of God, their heart was filled. My mouth was filled. This is what the Bible said. And the Bible said, then was our mouth filled. So it's not, it's not partially full. I don't have a little sip. I tell you, there's an overflowing coming out of the heart. Our mouth was filled. Our mouth was overflowing. And it's not the wrong way either. It's the right way. It's the right way. Listen to what the Bible said. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. You know what? You remember You remember what our sister said on Sunday morning as she was, and even Steve alluded to it on Sunday night about that 40th Psalm. Listen to how it reads again. And He put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. And many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. How is it that God put a song in our heart and they can see it? I tell you, thank God there's something goes with what's coming out of my mouth. There's a countenance that goes with it. There's a freedom that goes with it. There's a song that goes with it. There's joy that goes with it. Oh, that God would release us and bring us out of captivity and I tell you what it's going to do. It's going to bring such a change that the people that don't even know God are going to know about it. You bear with me a minute. Look at this second verse with me. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. Now listen who's talking. The heathen, the meaning here. Behind or back. Cast behind. Put out of the mind. Ignored and rejected. Here's people that don't know God. Here's people that have been cast behind God. You haven't. You've not been cast and forgotten and rejected. God has thought on you. The Lord has thought on you. The Lord has remembered you. The Lord has not rejected you. But there's a people who have been cast behind, a people who have been forgotten, a people who have not had the opportunity that you had, and those people that are lost and undone I see such a great change in the church and the people of God and those that were in captivity and now are released. They see such a great change. They say the Lord has done something great for them. Folks, God help us that a lost world can see the joy and the song and the overflowing and the release from captivity that God has given unto us. And if tonight 
I'm captive because of anxiety, because of being cumbered about, of being distracted, because of the pleasure of this world, because of being double-minded, because I, I, I'm so encumbered in, in, in cumbered about with the things of this world. If that is my situation tonight, I ought to come and beg God, Lord, would You bring me out of here? Would You release me from this? God, would You help me get shed of this? I don't want to be in this place of captivity. I don't want to be a slave to my, to my anxiety. I don't want to be a slave to the distractions of this world. God, I want to be your servant. Did the Lord save you? Is He deserving? He is. So a people that are forgotten, rejected, put out of mind, cast behind, are a people that says, look, the Lord had done great things for them. There's such a change in the attitude and in the song and in the joy and in the what's coming out of the mouth of this people that it has captivated the attention of the heathen. And they said, The Lord hath done great things for us. So that word means mighty. That word means large. I ask you this. Is there anything any larger that God could do for you than to release you from sin? To deliver you from the devil? Uh, to bring you while you were dead in trespasses and sin? Uh, to bring you into the family of God? Can He not bring us out of captivity and bring us into the marvelous light? Can He not bring us out of darkness and bring us to light? Well, I say today, if Zion, if the place of Zion in my heart and your heart, if we're in captivity today, know this, that the God that saved us originally is a God who can certainly bring us out. The Lord hath done great things for us. Yes, He has. <laughs> yes, He has done great things for us. And we are glad. We are merry. We are joyful. <laughs> and you know this, you might not agree with this and you might not look at it this way. But you know, I, I look at these last three verses and I see, how could this happen? In these last three verses, I believe I can see how it could happen. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. Lord, would You turn us God, would you turn us again? Would you turn us? Lord, would you, would you turn me? God, would you turn me? Would you bring me out of captivity? Would you turn me, Lord, to where I would have a desire and a longing to come out of captivity? You know, I'll say this. For folks that will never admit they're in captivity, you can't get them to come out. Psalm number 85. Verse 4, Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause Thy anger toward us to cease. Will Thou be angry with us forever? Will Thou draw out Thine anger to all generations? 
Will thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Will he? Would he do that for you? Let me ask you this. Would you ask him? Would you ask God to release you? Would you ask God to turn you? Would you ask the Lord? Would you admit? Would you admit your captivity? Would you admit that there's no song, no freedom, no joy? Uh, when you remember Zion, when you remember a place that you were, and listen, uh, you can lay it on me, and you can lay it on uh, the Sunday school, you can lay it on the church, but I'll tell you what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to me individually, and you individually calling on God and begging God God to turn us. God, turn me out of this captivity. Lord, will You not not turn our captivity? Lord, are You going to be angry forever? Will You not revive us that we may rejoice in Thee? Show us Thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us Thy salvation. And listen, I'm not saying that you're going to get saved again. I'm not saying you're going to be born again. I'm saying this, that God can save us out of our captivity uh, that we find ourselves in. And know this, I'm not talking about a people that doesn't know God. I'm talking about a people who uh, Yahweh dwells in Zion. Who God, the God of Israel, dwells in Zion. And ladies and gentlemen, in 2024, God dwells in the heart of men and women that are believers. Zion can be in captivity. Will you revive us, Lord? Will you, Lord, revive us that we may rejoice in Thee? Show us Thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us Thy salvation. Listen to what the psalmist said. I will hear. Let me ask you, has God said anything? Has God spoken unto you? Has God spoken to you about your captivity? Has God spoken to you about your being cumbered? Has God spoken to you about being distracted? Has God spoken to you about your anxiety? Has God spoken to you about your sin? Has God spoken? Have you lost your freedom, your song, your joy, your testimony? Is it is it impossible to see any joy there? Look what he says. Shew us thy mercy, O God, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear. I will hear what the what God the Lord will speak, for I for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. You know what I can do? I can forget. I can forget. I can forget. I can forget that God released me. I can forget that God turned my captivity. God help me not to turn again to folly. Will you call on him? 126, verse 4. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. What's the streams of the south? Well, the streams of the south are when the the streams rise up down in the desert place, down in 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 the waste howling wilderness place, in a place that's dried up because there's no presence of God. Now, you know what the Bible says in one place? He said, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Is there evidence of sap in the spring? 
What's the evidence? Leaves, bloom, fruit. But does our trees go through a season of winter when the sap comes down? Can you and I go through a winter season? Can God revive us again? Can God bring the sap back up in our lives? If God brings the sap back up in our lives, is there evidence of it? (laughs) My mouth was filled. It was filled with joy. It was filled with song. It was filled with praise. Oh, let's let's look. I I believe this is the reason. I believe this is how. And, and now, listen. I'm not saying that God didn't instigate it. I'm not saying that God didn't start it. But I'm saying there's something for me to do and something for you to do. Do I have to repent? Do I need to beg God to restore unto me? Did David say, "Lord, restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation"? Hadn't lost his salvation, had he? Lost his song, lost his joy, lost his praise, lost his freedom. David was in bondage. He was in captivity. There's no question about it. He was in captivity. And you and I can go through winter season and the sap's down. But the, 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 the psalmist said, Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams, as the channel in the south. So now you, you, you think about this. Lord... You've started. You've started a work in my heart. God, I want you to finish this. God, I'd like for it to... I'd like for Lord. I don't want it to just be up there next to the mountain and over there uh, uh, where, where the streams and the little brooks and the, and the small streams come off of the mountain and it's green. Lord, I want You to bring the streams down to the southland. I want You to bring it down into the desert. Lord, I'd like to see the desert bloom again. Lord, I'd like to see the desert beautified again. I'll tell you this, friend. If we're in a southland and we're in a place where it's dry and it looks like a wilderness, God, can make the desert bloom again. Preacher, I don't believe that. Well, that's all right with me. It don't matter whether you believe it or not. I'm just going to tell you what God said. And are you going to believe Him? He said in Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah 43, He said in verse number 10, He said, Behold, uh, verse number 18, I'm sorry, 43, 18, Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. You know what Paul said one day? He said, forgetting those things that are past, I press on. I press forward toward the mark of the high calling of God. You know something today, friend? Today is the day of the high calling of God. Today is the day that God can call you out of captivity. Today is the day you can be released. Today is the day. It won't be next week, next month. You might as well forget the past and forget what's old and forget, our friend, about your captivity. And know this, we're serving a God who can bring us out. Will I call on Him today? Lord, I'd like for You to give me a, a complete. I'd like for You to make it complete, Lord. I'd like for it to be like a channel in the south. You know, I think about an irrigation ditch. California, great fertility with water from Lake Mead. No water from Lake Mead? Nothing grows. No water from the Lord? My desert, 
my Southland no bloom, no beauty. But if there's water, my gosh, you know what? It's, it's absolutely amazing. It can come a, a quarter inch of rain in Arizona and the desert blooms in a day. You thought it would never, ever bloom again. But God can allow the rain of His wonderful Word and His mercy and His grace and He can allow the desert man, the desert heart, the desert life how to bloom and be beautiful again. Listen. Listen, He said, Behold, I will do a new thing now. 43.19 in the book of Isaiah. I shall spring forth I will do now, it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? You mean God's going to do a work and nobody's going to know it? No, ma'am, and no, sir. I tell you, when you come out of captivity, God will do a work that the heathen will know about. And, folks, we're not talking about the heathen, we're talking about the people that have had the presence of the God of Israel. They're in captivity. They're the ones in captivity. Just a little bit more in Isaiah. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. <laughs> the beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owl, because I have given water in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. You know something? You're not one of the heathen. You're not one that's cast behind. You're not one that's been rejected. You're not one that's been forgotten. You're one that's been thought of and been thought on and loved and cared for. God like to do a new thing in you. There's no way that can ever happen. With God, it can. Back to 126. Psalm 126, verse number 5. Now listen. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I believe that's a statement. Don't you believe that's a statement? Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now listen. Those two are going together. There's weeping and sowing going together. Where's this sowing coming from? The next verse. This sowing's coming from the next verse. He that goeth forth and weepeth, weepeth, Bearing precious seed. So the picture is this. The word there, the precious seed, it means to draw out. So there's, there's someone going forth, and, and the word, that, that word there that beareth, there's a bag, or a basket, or a box, or a hamper. And the sower is reaching down into the bag. And he's drawing out the precious seed. And he's sowing as he's weeping. I say unto you, the seed of the Word of God, you know where I find my confidence? 
You know where I can find my forgiveness? You know where I can find that God will forgive me? I draw it out of the Word. I draw it out of the basket of the Word of God. I draw it out of the book of the Word of God. I say this, if I will, oh, if I'll acknowledge my sin. And you know what He promised? He promised that He would forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I tell you what I can do. If I repent, if I go weeping and drawing out, here's a sower going. And you know what? He, he just got a little bit of seed. I may just be a little bitty pin and he's sowing it in a dry place. I tell you, God Almighty, I can make and bring increase on that. Oh, would you draw out this evening? Would you draw out of the Word? Would you draw out of the Word of God and know this? If you'll go forth weeping and sowing, you shall come again with joy. That's a promise. A promise. Not just a statement. A promise from God. He that goeth forth and weepeth So the word means grief, humiliation, mourning, bearing. You know, I got a little seat sewer. I can put about 35, 40 pounds. Depends on how heavy or how light the seat is. But I can put that on there. It's got a little strap on it about that wide. You know, that's, I'm not saying that 40 or 50 pounds is heavy. But that strap pulling right there down on your shoulder sort of feels heavy, don't it? But you know what I'm doing? I'm drawing out of that. Not not like this man. This man is reaching in and he's drawing out and he's sowing the precious seed. That seed, that seed that I'm strowing and that I'm sowing out there, uh, friend, it may be heavy, uh, but I'll say this, on the inside of that bag, on the inside of that book, on the inside is the Word of God of the most precious thing. You know something, Chris? If it wasn't for the Word of God, I wouldn't have no hope when I was in captivity. I would say, I guess, I'll just have to stay here. But thank God, I can draw out of the Word of God and know this, that if I'll weep and I'll sow, I can reap and I can joy. I don't have to stay. And you don't have to stay in captivity. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, (laughs) certainly, certainty, without question, God's making a promise here. Do you see it? Shall doubtless. Shall doubtless. What's He going to do? He shall doubtless come. You know what I'm doing? Right now I'm going through the field and I'm weeping and I'm sowing and I'm growing out. But I'm going to come back through this field in a while and I'm going to reap and I'm going to be joyous. And I'm going to come back through this same field where I was weeping and I was sowing and I was drawing out of the Word of God and through that same Word of God, through that that was planted, through that that was planted in the heart, through that that was sown in my heart, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to reap joy. Listen, folks. If we're not going to take the Word of God, know this, there'll be no joy in your life. If you're not going to get a hold of the Word of God and draw it out and plant it and weep over it and let your tears, let your tears water the Word of God. Let your sorrow, let your grief, 
Let your sorriness, let your, uh, friend, your being sorry uh, that you've got in this place, let that water the Word of God and know this. In a little while, you'll get to reap joy. He's going to bring his sheaves with him. The truth is, there is no question mark in this. He that goeth forth, they that soweth in tears shall reap in joy. That word means a ringing cry. He that goeth forth and weeping, bearing, carrying, it can also mean to accept. Let me ask you this, will you accept the Word of God? Will you sow the Word of God in your heart? Will you draw out of the Word of God and will you sow that in your heart? He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed to draw out, shall doubtless God's promise, God's certainty, come again, with rejoicing. You know what he's done? When he comes back through, there's evidence of his weeping and sowing. He's rejoicing. And he's got something to eat on. Right now, I'm listening to some teaching and preaching that went on, I'm going to say, three, four, five years ago. You know what I'm doing? I'm eating on that. Not mine. Not my preaching. Not my teaching. But I'm eating on that. This man, when he comes back through, he's going to bring his sheaves with him. He's got some evidence and he's got something to eat. I tell you, thank God the Lord can deliver us from captivity. The thing is, will I accept the Word of God? Will I ask God to turn my captivity? Will I admit my need? We've got God's promises all through this 126th Psalm with no question marks in it.